0: The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.
1: Hi, good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you're here. Please turn into your Pew Bibles on page 865. We'll be going over Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 39. One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. lesion. For many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to the sea then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Garrisons asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how God, how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord.
0: All right, currently we're in a series in the Gospel of Luke where we're exploring the upside down kingdom. Luke is telling us Uh, stories from I and then the miracles that he did after that and so this has been Luke's pattern right so far through Luke's gospel is to offer us a teaching and then a miracle and we're today we're going to see more of what kind of king Jesus is Uh, we're going to look at two different stories well two related stories actually that are going to cause us to ask two questions I want to help me, as we look at this scripture, let's ask two questions. Who is this Jesus and how should we respond to him based upon those two things? Who is Jesus and how should we respond to him? So we're going to look at these two stories and discover some things about Jesus, find out who he is, what kind of authority he has, and then we're going to circle back around and come back through and look at how should we respond to him in light of that. It's that truth. So, then our first uh, story uh, we're back at the lake again, Lake Gennesaret. Jesus and the disciples, Jesus says, All right, let's, let's hop in the boat. Great, they hop in the boat. And Jesus says, Let's go, let's, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. All right, fine, Jesus. So, they set out, uh, they set sail in their boat, the 12 and Jesus. Sailing along just fine. It's a nice day. It must have been a nice day. You wouldn't want to go sailing on a bad day, would you? No, no, no. It was a nice day, and here Jesus shows his humanity. He gets tired. Here is some downtime for Jesus. And so while they're just sailing along, someone's got the tiller. The wind and the sailors are taking care of all the hard work here. And so Jesus tips over and takes a nap. Who needs naps? We do. Human beings need naps. We need to sleep. Jesus shows his humanity here. He needed a nap. And so we can see from this Jesus is truly man when he when he was on as you know he is teaching all day long but if he has some downtime he takes a nap. And so as we continue along Jesus is taking a nap a windstorm blows down on the lake. Now on Lake Gennesaret windstorms come up very very fast. Happens all the time. They're big, they're nasty. And the apostles um, are used to this. Many of them, as you know, the disciples, they're experienced fishermen. They know what it's like to be out on the lake, but they know what kind of trouble you can get into if you go out to a part of the lake and the wind gets to be too much and the waves get to be too much. And this is what's happening in this storm. The storm is a nasty one, right? Okay, the waves are raging, crashing. The wind is really howling at them to the point where the boat is taking on water. And the disciples report, hey, we're in real danger. We know this from the report. And they can see that from wherever they were in the lake, they were in real trouble. These guys knew they were in trouble. They were doomed. These are experienced fishermen who've been on this lake all their lives, and now all of a sudden, all hope is lost. All hope is gone. And so they say, this is it, we're done for. Wake up the master. We're perishing. Now, I don't know what they're on this crazy lake taking this roller coaster ride that's just frightening. What are they expecting Jesus to do? Is he gonna wake up and be like the captain of the Titanic and say, Oh my, this really blows. Sorry, lads, we're done for. It's been a pleasure sailing with you. Good day. Blah, 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 blah. Or would they be expecting some kind of vain, heroic gesture? like uh, maybe Russell Crowe in that movie Master and Commander, uh, The Far Side of the World, you know, he'd say, Hand me that tiller, trim that mainsail, cut that jib, cut loose the, all the stuff in the front like the anchors and that kind of stuff. Start bailing, boys. I'll turn us into the wind. But then, blah 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 blah. That's what they might have been expecting. But instead, what does Jesus do in the midst of this Huge wind, the crashing waves. Jesus wakes up, sees it, and he says, cool it. And boom. Calm. Instantaneous, total, complete calm. No wind, no waves, just glass. And the disciples are sitting there like this. Whoa. And Jesus says to them, where is your faith? Guys, where is your faith? Well, they heard him say it, but I don't think they really had the ears to hear at that point, you know what I mean? To hear he's asking that, that question. Where is your faith? Instead, what Luke's telling us here is these guys were afraid. Yeah, they were afraid of the wind and the waves, but now they're looking at each other and they're terrified. Our master that we've been hanging out for a while, we've been going from town to town hearing him talk about the kingdom of God, hearing about the God's king and everything like this. Who is this then that commands the wind and the waves and they obey him? Who can do that? Who does that kind of thing? Whoever in history has ever done that kind of thing? Who can tell a windstorm, stop, waves, stop? hmm, who is this Jesus that can command this kind of authority over creation? Who is this? Well, we're going to learn in our next story from a very unlikely source. So, coming out of the storm, it's calm. Perhaps they picked up a more favorable uh, wind that's behaving correctly, and they sail on to the area of the garrisons which is on the opposite side of the lake. Um, usually, you know, the, Jesus and the disciples would hang out up in Galilee, and they're up on the northwest side of the Lake Gennesaret, right? And so the land of the Gerasenes is on the southeast side. And this, in biblical times, on the southeast side of the lake, this was uh, Gentile territory, predominantly Gentile, and they were also worshiping pagan gods. So interesting that this is where Jesus would want to go, Right? This sound kind of strange anyway, so they head on down to the land of the garrisons. And as soon as they get to land and they get out of the boat, okay, they've had crazy wind, crazy water, and all of a sudden Jesus gets out of the boat and then we meet crazy guy, right? The man of the tombs. This guy is a walking house of terrors. As the scripture told us, this guy ran around, no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> he was unkempt, he was homeless, he did not live in a home. And where did he live? Where did he live? The tombs. Who wants to live in the tombs? Who wants to live in a graveyard? No. <laughs> Nobody. And as we'll see, this man uh, was demon-possessed. And We don't know by how many demons, but this uh, man of the tombs greets Jesus with a rather interesting greeting. He runs up to Jesus, and he falls down before him, falls at Jesus' feet, and he says to him, who are you, um, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Do not torment me. Interesting. This man had been tormenting the people of the Gerasenes for years, years and years and years. Then Jesus commands the demon to come out of him. And the demons, he asks the demons, um, What is your name? And maybe this was an attempt at maybe trying to, uh, I don't know, maybe throw Jesus off, intimidate him in some way, and he comes back with his name, Legion, for we are many. Well, that may have been intimidating to the people around. But do you think this would intimidate Jesus? Not at all. Does this look like a fight at all? No. And uh, the demons inside of him, inside the man say, they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. This is not looking like a fight here of Jesus versus demons. There is no fight here. These demons know that they are under Jesus' total authority. Well, how do we know this? Well, we can look at Jude, verse 6. Jude is Jesus' half-brother. And in Jude, verse 6, talking about Jesus Christ, he says, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he, Jesus Christ, has kept in eternal chains under the gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. That is the abyss. This is not some, we're not talking like the Marianas Trench or anything like that, the abyss or anything like that, no. This is demon jail. And so these demons are begging, begging Jesus, please do not command us to go into demon jail. Why? Who has the keys to demon jail? Jesus does. Who has all authority over evil spirits? Jesus does. Total, complete authority. These demons are begging. And so the demons make a rather interesting request. Rather than being cast into the abyss, right? They motion up to a hillside nearby where there's a herd of pigs. I was getting ready for this. I was thinking about what what, what the the pig herders have been thinking all this time as they're seeing this scene played out down there on the shore. You know, they go, well, you know Bubba, that was one big storm out there, that was weird, huh? Came up there really fast, Did you see how fast it went away? Just like that, it was gone, that was weird, huh? Man, yeah, that was bad, that was weird. i never seen anything like that before. And then here them Galilean fellers come sailing up in their boat and they get out and well, this one Galilean feller gets out first and then, man, you see that? There goes that demoniac. He's going to tear these fellers to pieces. To pieces, he's going to tear them up. Wait a second. That demoniac, he's falling down at that one feller's feet. He's not tearing them up at all. In fact, they're talking to him. I've never seen him talk to anybody. And then what are they doing? Hey, that demoniac feller's pointing up this way. They're pointing up this way. Why are they pointing up this way at our stuff? Suddenly, their pigs go crazy and rush. Immediately, zoom, down into the lake. All the pigs are dead. Herders are looking at each other going, Jesus, and then, we ain't got no more pigs. And so they're frightened by this. So they run into town, right? And so they tell everybody in the city what had happened. So uh, then uh, Jesus is, um, the townspeople, they come rushing out there. And they, te- they see what's going on. They hear the story of what happened. And, you know, they see the former demoniac clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then they are terrified. They're terrified by all the stories because they see their biggest boogeyman now is not the biggest boogeyman anymore. He's cleaned up. He's in his right mind. And this Jesus did this all with the authority of his word. So they ask him to leave. So then who is this Jesus? Backing up, looking at our first story, this Jesus has total authority and command over the scene world. He can command wind and waves. Total authority over it. Looking at the story of the, the demoniac here, the man of the tombs, Jesus has total authority over the unseen world, including demons and evil. And he has the authority and the ability to speak healing into this man's life and restore his heart and restore his mind so that he can now, rather than terrorize everyone, this man is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus calm. So who is this Jesus that can do that kind of thing? Well, as the demons rightly said, he is Jesus, the son of the most high God. Some commentators say that in this point there was this, there's an ancient superstition created by a very ancient liar and deceiver that if you could name something, you could have spiritual mastery over it. And so perhaps this might have been what uh, the demons were attempting with Jesus, but then they realized it's not going to work. They said called him Jesus, son of the most high God, because that's who he is, but they could have no authority over him. They could have nothing on Jesus because Jesus had total mastery over them. So their little attempt at trying to intimidate Jesus falls flat. So this Jesus that we're looking at in these two stories, he has total authority over the seen and the unseen world. So now how should we respond to this Jesus who is the Son of the Most High God who has all authority over the seen and the unseen world. <laughs> Let's circle back up to our story of the disciples taking a nice boat ride with Jesus that really goes astray. Uh, the disciples, what were they trusting in? Uh, looks like we've got a good boat. Mm, that's debatable. We're experienced uh, fishermen and seamen. We, we can handle this stuff. You know, we can trust in that thing um, in Jesus. And they get out there in the middle of the storm, and they say something very interesting to Jesus. They're saying, Jesus, we're perishing. And let me ask you, God the Father has been planning since eternity past that one day his son would come to earth and preach the gospel and tell everyone about the kingdom and show us that he is the coming king. Would God the Father... Would he really let this venture get stalled out and ended just because of a boat ride out in the middle of Lake Gennesaret? (laughs) No. No. And the disciples should have been remembering what Jesus said at the beginning of the story. He said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So if Jesus, who is the Son of God, who has the command over everything and the authority over everything, if he says let's cross over to the other side of the lake, what's going to happen? They're going to cross over to the other side of the lake, right? So, and it's also another fun point here that uh, I don't know how much the Psalms the disciples have been singing growing up in synagogue, but uh, didn't they ever remember Psalm 89, verses 8 and 9? Here's something a little kind of fun here. It says, didn't they trust the scriptures that say, O Lord, God of hosts, Who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you? You rule the raging sea. When its waves rise, you still them. Jesus is faithful. He's going to honor his word. And yes, he can calm waves. That's a God thing. God does that kind of stuff. So So how should we respond to Jesus? Let's trust him. If he says he's going to do something, what's he going to do? He's going to honor his word. He is faithful. He is 100% faithful, right? So, and then let's look at our next story. How should we respond to this Jesus Christ, son of the most high God? Well, certainly not like the pig herders. (laughs) Uh, They feared Jesus. The townspeople, they didn't like what Jesus was capable of. Here Jesus was commanding all this with his word. All the stuff pigs, demoniac healed, all from his word. This guy could be devastating. They were afraid of him. Rather than saying, hey, Jesus, hang out and do some cool things for us, they let him go. But the man of the tombs, he has a very different response, doesn't he? When the people of of the Gerasenes say, Jesus, please leave the man of the tombs was now healed in his right mind what's his response what's he asking to do he's begging to go with Jesus more than anything he wants to be with Jesus, his life has been turned around, he's been healed and then you'd think Jesus would say oh yeah sure come on along but Jesus does something surprising he says no Jesus tells this guy, no. But what I want you to do is go home and tell your family, tell what God has done for you. Oh. So what does he do? Not only does he go home and tell his family, but then he goes throughout the whole city proclaiming what Jesus did for him. He didn't just go home and tell, a few. This man became the uber evangelist. I don't know quite Billy Graham, but can you imagine though, in this time and era in the world, when you don't have movies, you don't have um, Star Wars, the next whatever coming out, your entertainment was, was hearing, what are the stories? What's going on in town? What's going on in our region? The demoniac that was changed by the Galilean. So can you imagine what power that man had? What, Power, but the power behind his story of what Jesus had done for him and that? But it's kind of interesting to me that then he's going around telling the story and then after the resurrection what's going to happen when other disciples come through the area proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ what's, what does that mean they'll say oh yeah he's the one who he, he's the one who changed the demoniac The man of the tombs guy, Jesus, that's the one? Yeah, he changed him. And then Jesus gets back on the boat, and he goes back home. So our response then to Jesus, son of the most high God, who has control and authority over everything, who honors his word, trust him, beg to be with him, Then go home and tell everyone what Jesus has done for you. Now in our story here today, Jesus delivered the apostles through his word from the storm. Jesus delivered the demoniac through the power of his word. How does Jesus, son of the most high God, deliver us? How does he deliver us today? It's the cross. As we saw in our story, Jesus who went to the cross for our sins, he was truly man. He was truly man, he took naps. But he lived, the most important thing, though, more important than that is he lived the perfect life that we couldn't. Jesus did it right, loving God 100% of the time. He did it perfect. And he was truly man. And God the Father placed his son on the cross. Because you know what? Um, the storm that the, um, the disciples faced, yeah, that was scary. But for all of humankind, so to have we've, we've all got boats that have got holes in it. We can't make it on our own steam, but yet, God, Jesus, delivers us from the ultimate firestorm. That's the firestorm of God's wrath for sin. And what's sin? Sin is us rejecting God, not trusting God, not following his ways, not worshiping him as God, as Lord. And Jesus came to deliver us from the wrath of that storm. So he went to the cross willingly. He who knew no sin took on all our sin, became sin, and God the Father poured out the wrath the firestorm of his wrath for sin on his son Jesus Christ that he took the full brunt of that storm and he died showing he was truly man truly the perfect god man but then he showed us he is truly the god the son the son of god on the third day he rose again showing that the debt had been satisfied god's wrath for sin had been taken care of jesus took it for us right And so now Jesus delivers us. He asks the question, where is your faith? Put it in me, Jesus says. I have come to deliver you. Believe on me, Jesus says. Even we all may have heard uh, the scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then, if we've received that, if we've received Jesus Christ by faith, trusting him as Lord, what is he calling us to do today? Go home and tell the story. Tell them the story of what he has done for you. So, in conclusion, what we want to do is today, trust Jesus Christ for salvation, for he has saved us, and he provides the salvation from the storm, right? He promises eternal life. He promises so much, and he is faithful, and he's going to deliver on all those. Everything that he has promised Jesus Christ is going to deliver on them. So we can trust him. And in the storms of life, notice interestingly in the story where they're out on the lake, and Jesus says to them, hey, where is your faith? He doesn't chide them. He doesn't berate them. Could it be Jesus saying, hey, check yourself. Check your heart. Things look bad right now. Where is your faith? In what you see, or is it in me? Jesus is asking. No? So, we should trust him. And certainly, like the man of the tombs, beg to be with him. Uh, Receive him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do all all the things that... um, are part of the Christian life. Pray, worship, gather with his people. Beg to be with him. Be with him in those ways. And then go home and tell your story. Who here has a story to tell of what Jesus has done for them? Yeah, you've got a story. I've got a story. I'll tell you my story real quick. I grew up going to church, but I didn't trust Jesus Christ as Lord. Then one day I saw I really had a sin problem. I went to a Bible study and guys tell me, hey, you know what, apart what from Jesus, you're still stuck in your sin. You need to have Jesus cleanse of your sin. You need to worship him as Lord. And so one day I prayed a prayer. I got down before the Lord and realized I wasn't really a sinner. I hadn't been worshiping the way I was. And I said to Jesus, Jesus, if you're really real, if you're really real, come into my life and be my savior. And at that moment, <laughs> He came in, and I knew I was saved. He's my Lord and my Savior. That's my story. Now, all of us here, we don't have to, hopefully don't have to worry about any demoniacs and things like that, or or, uh, any kind of too adverse situations that Jesus delivered us from. But if you've got a story to tell, if you've got a story to tell of what Jesus has done for you, doesn't matter how exciting or dangerous what it was. Go home and let's tell our story. Let's tell our story of what Jesus has done for us, like this demoniac did. Former demoniac, the man of the tombs. Wish I knew what his name was today. Because he had, he had those, one not those things. He went home and he told people what Jesus has done for him. So, how should we respond to Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Well, What's keeping you, what's keeping me from going home today, telling our family and friends what Jesus has done for us? Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.